0: Using a bottle of drinking water to wet a handkerchief, Knox then dabbed the healing wound on her cheek, wiping away the excess blood. He'd bitten her. The bastard had bitten her. Pointed a gun at her head, slammed her into a wall, tried to r- ru- The Bentley rattled a little, and she gave him a sideways glance. Knox took a deep breath to cool his anger reminding himself that she was there with him, alive and safe. But it wasn't easy when his demon's rage heated his blood and buzzed through his veins. They'd seen through the human's memories exactly what he'd done to his mate. Knox and his demon were doubly possessive and protective of Harper, because in addition to being their mate, she was their anchor. Demons came in pairs, but they didn't have soulmates. They had predestined psi-mates who would anchor their demon, make them stronger, and give them the stability that stopped them from turning rogue. When a demon fused their psyche with their anchors, it forged a binding link between them. The link wasn't sexual or emotional. It was purely psychic. Still, anchors often become close friends, since they found it mentally uncomfortable to be apart for long periods. They also instinctually protected and supported each other, and they were unswervingly loyal. Being anchored didn't stop the inner demon from occasionally surfacing. Nothing could completely control it, but it did stop the entity from taking over. And if a demon lost its anchor and the link between them broke, the demon often broke right along with it. As his anchor and his mate, Harper was indispensable to Knox in more ways than one. He needed her alive and safe. He didn't need her being fucking shot at by a junkie. It didn't surprise Knox that she hadn't called out for help when the human attacked her. Harper was used to being alone and taking care of herself. He knew she was fully capable of doing so. He just didn't want her to have to. Knox wanted to be for her what she'd never had. Someone to rely on. Someone to turn to. Someone who would deal with her problems for her. He wanted to make up for the things she'd never had. He definitely didn't want to find her injured and bleeding. Knox very carefully slid his hand to the back of her head to check out the swelling. It wasn't so bad, which meant she was healing fast. Lost in her own thoughts, she didn't even seem aware that he was touching her. He watched her closely, unsure what reaction his news would receive. He would wager that he knew Harper better than even she did, but he was never able to predict her responses. She was a guarded, complex, elusive creature who always managed to surprise him, which was an actual achievement considering he was someone who read people easily. It was her ability to both surprise and intrigue him that had first drawn Knox to her. It made her different, interesting, and that had intensified the raw need she sparked in him. Not even five and a half feet tall, she was small and feminine with delectably sinful curves and a mouth from every male's fantasy. She also had a natural grace and moved with an innate sensuality that enraptured his demon. What Knox liked most about his pretty, shiny little mate were her eyes. Not simply because they were unusually glassy and reflective in a cat-like way, but because they routinely changed color. Right now, however, they were annoyingly covered with contact lenses to hide her unique eyes from humans, and they showed absolutely no emotion. Whatever she was feeling about the Carla situation, he wasn't yet sure. Mother and daughter had an extremely complicated, well, he wouldn't call it a relationship. There wasn't anything between them. When aborting Harper didn't work,